Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show as we start a new week here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Every Monday show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Or go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, boats, RVs, all that good stuff to get you through the summer. All available at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. We're at purdyinsurance.com. True pros, and can't wait to see them and the rest of the gang at the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament. Join us on August 4th at the Greater Susquehanna to, to benefit the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. It'll be at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club off the strip. And we're looking forward to that August 4th. Have till the end of July to sign up. One flight, 10 a.m start time so if you want to come join us make sure you sign up soon and we'll have a good time at the uh, greater susquehanna valley ymca's a benefit of course and at the susquehanna valley country club just made a trip over there this past weekend the course looks great the place looks fantastic and beautiful as always tremendous views as you look up across the valley from the patio where we will be doing the show live from three to five as we normally do after we play our rounds. So we look forward to that, August 4th. And we look forward to a great show today. Starting with Ala Abdinabi, of course, as the Sixers TV analyst over on NBC Sports Philadelphia. is going to join us at 3.35 today after what was a difficult and frustrating Game 1 loss for the Sixers against the Atlanta Hawks yesterday. Where... Obviously, the first half was embarrassing. It was unacceptable. I thought it was one of the most poor coaching performances from Doc Rivers, from the matchup of Trey Young with Danny Green. The team just didn't look ready to play at all in that first half. But to Doc's credit, the adjustments were made with Ben Simmons, Matisse Thibel on him the rest of the way for the most part. The team finally played like they were supposed to. It was they just ran out of time as they almost pulled off the miracle at the end there with the full court traps and things like that 
that second half was what I expect from the Sixers team. And I think going forward, I feel good about where the Sixers are in this series. I think now that the adjustments have been made and they got that whatever that first half was out of them, hopefully, and of course Joel Embiid stays healthy, and he did start, he did play, he was tremendous, 39 points. He kept the Sixers in it. Um, then I, I still think they can win this series, and I think they will come back and win game two tomorrow night in Philly, which I think is the quote-unquote must-have because you don't want to go down too well going down to Atlanta, who's been very, very good at home. And I knew this was going to be a tough series, Steve. I knew it. But it just sums up what's, what was a very weird day down at the Philadelphia Sports Complex yesterday. There's only eight There's only eight teams left, so of course it's going to be they're good. You get to this point, you are playing everybody that's good, you know. Yeah, I, I know. I, I had said Sixers and Six to begin this series. I thought the Sixers would win their first two games at home. I didn't expect what happened in the first half yesterday. But I feel better. I feel better than I do worse after the loss, after the second half they had. Yeah, we'll talk to Al Abdel Nabi about that, and about, by the way, um, Mike Shishovsky. Yes, of course. Ask, I, I got to ask him about Mike. Definitely, the Duke grad himself. Yeah. So we'll take advantage of that. Three thirty-five. Joe Putnam, four oh six tomorrow. Uh, Tony Knott, Neil Kulong. So we got a lot going on this week on the show. So let's get to. Yeah, we'll talk about the Sixers in a moment, uh, at the bottom of the hour. Let's get to something fun first, then 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 I want to talk about the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> Shouldn't that be a fun subject for you? No, I I don't no. It, it, look, I just do shows. Okay, I don't don't sit there and do rooting. I just do shows. Um. Because uh, and the reason I want to talk about the Yankees is that they are as oddly constructed a New York Yankee team as I've, I've seen in decades. Totally agree. Uh, and it's and so I'm going to get to the construction of them in a moment where I don't get the philosophy of what I'm watching with them. Um, but let's get to the fun part. So yesterday, my good friend Tom McGrath had his birthday. So Tom and Julie McGrath two great people, right? And yes, the curator of the Tom McGrath tailgate, Gary Goloshevsky, and his wonderful wife, Amy, put on a party for them. Now, Gary, to his credit, is the one that baked the cake and did not just a good job, he did a fabulous job. But Amy... Listen to this gift. This, this was, you want to talk about putting some thought into something? Listen to this gift. She bought Tom, Tom from the New York Times the front page of each of his birthdays during the course of his life. How about that? Do you want to talk about a thoughtful gift? I was like, I saw that one. I was like, wow. That's creative. That's a great gift. So the front page of every New York Times on each of his birthdays. Now, I'm not going to get into how many birthdays, you know, but I'll give you an example. I'll give give you one example that, you know, um, Bobby Kennedy 
was shot by Sirhan Sirhan after the victory in the California primary in 1968. But Bobby Kennedy hung on through the night and ended up he didn't pass away till June 6th. Early in the morning. That was the headline in the paper for that birthday. I mean, just, I mean, and you're going through, I, mean, I thought to myself, what? You want to talk about, yeah, like I said, Gary Gary baked the cake, and Gary did a great job, by the way. Uh, it was a great host. But Amy came up with this idea. You want to talk about thoughtful and clever? Uh, there was a little thought that went into that. That was actually pretty good. I thought that was really cool. All right. Uh, now, as for your team, I figure if I talked about the other thing first, you know, it would kind of, you know, ease you into life. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough sports weekend for me. See, that's, you know, see, that's the difference. I didn't have a rough sports weekend at all. I didn't, didn't sit back. Didn't sit back and go, oh, hey, oh, you know, no. It's amazing how relaxed you can be. <laughs> Which I always give you credit for. Yeah. The Yankees are an oddly constructed group. Now you play. It's not like they don't have you know. Labor Torres is uh, Aaron Judge is a special player when he's healthy, and it's not just Judge's power. Judge is a terrific defensive outfielder. Judge is a really good base runner. But they're an oddly constructed team. Because how do you how do you play in Yankee Stadium and have eight right-handed bats in the lineup? How do you do that? You're in Yankee Stadium where it's 314 feet down the line and right. Now, this is not down 314 down the line and right like Fenway Park. Fenway Park is 302 down the line to the pesky pole, but then that wall goes out. And when I mean it goes out, it goes out where now it's 380 to the bullpen. Yankee Stadium's not like that. Right? It's 314, and it gradually goes out. And they have one left-handed bat in the lineup, and it's not even a power bat? Really? How do you sit there in roster construction and not find some left-handed power for your lineup. Even Luke Voigt's out of there right now, okay? And I know the 10 games he, he's played, he hasn't played well uh, because, because of the injury. But Luke is another right-handed bat. I mean, over the years when they've acquired somebody, Teixeira was a, was a switch hitter. Tino Martinez, left-handed bat. Paul O'Neill left there. These are guys they acquired. I don't mean just bringing them up through the organization. These are the guys they acquired. They always made sure they had some left-handed pop in the lineup. Always. Even going back to the days of Ruth. Going back to the days, you know, Mano was a switch hitter. Roger Maris was a left-handed hitter. Don Mattingly was a left-handed hitter. Reggie. 
I mean, they always made sure they had some kind of left-handed power in the lineup, and they have no left-handed power in the lineup. They are an easy... They are not an easy team to pitch to because of the talent, but they're an easy team to pitch to strategically because it's all right-handed bats. Adam Adovino comes in yesterday. You know, he pitched for a couple games this weekend. Adovino... When he when he stepped to the mound, he had the potential of seeing eight straight right-handed bats. You don't even have to change your arm slot. And to be honest with you, Aaron Boone, he's a good manager, but he's not a great manager. I they agree. Are, they are one of the least aggressive teams I've seen. I mean, it's one thing I'll say about. I mean, for, I think Alex, I've always said Alex Cora was a really good manager. I don't care what the, the Houston thing. Who cares? I'm not going to sit there and rehash that. That's that's, you know, that's for five year olds to to do on their shows. Okay, but can the guy flat out manage a game? Yes. See how aggressive the Red Sox are on the bases, stealing bases, doing some hitting run, hit and run, puts some plays on, things like that. Does a decent job with the with the pitching staff. Right. The Yankees, they get guys on base and they play station to station baseball. They don't move anybody. They don't try to create anything. It's it's like they're it's like they're look. We're going to hunt the three run homer and we can't do that if we run into an out. You got to take some risk some at some point. And Boone's the same way with the pitching staff. Domingo Herman last night, pitching a great game. Five and a third. A couple guys get on base. He's only at 81 pitches. Boom, but, he takes an out, and then, of course, the reliever gives up a two-run bomb to tie the game. Right, but it's but again, third time through the lineup, and analytics say you can't be married to that. You gotta be, you've got to be able to use your eyes to see what you've got out there. Exactly. And he should have seen that, you know what? Let's try. He's been doing good. Let's try to see if he can work out of this. And if he can't, then I take him out. I mean, Kevin Cash made that move with Blake Snell in game six of the World Series. Yeah. But you got, but you got to be able to take some risk once in a while. I mean, look at Dave Ritchie every Friday night. You want to talk about risk. All right, we'll come back. I don't... Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Yeah, you know, you know, fans at the, at, the, you know, at the stadium. Good luck, Dave. Good luck. Thanks. Sometimes for Dave, that's the last thing he says all night until until he's back in the parking lot again. How'd it go? He said, didn't really say much. You, sir, are my hero. It's kind of developed into almost like a one like like a one man show. Don't you think? I'm just yet, here so I don't get fined. Yet the other, yet the other guy, you know, I mean, poor Dave. I mean, it's like people tune in. It's actually the person they want to hear. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of an odd dynamic, don't you think? Oh, Dave's Dave's favorite time of the year is every day. The play-by-play guy, his favorite time of the year is August. There aren't any games. All right, it's kind of sad. Is it a coincidence that the guy that does play-by-play loves a month but there are no games? Just thought I'd ask. I mean, it doesn't mean you, know, you don't have to answer. 
S-U-I-T. That spells Suta. Figured I'd bring his name up because it would then, like, ease the anger you have about the Yankees. <laughs> Always thinking of me. I have to. I'm, I'm concerned. Back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance. If you own an RV, you know your home on wheels needs the same protection as your actual home. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. Whether you hit the road for a weekend or a few months, Purdy Insurance can cover all of your recreational vehicles. From RVs, ATVs, and side by sides to motorcycles and golf carts, offering you great coverage at the best price. Call Purdy Insurance at 570-286-5855 or request a quote online at purdyinsurance.com and see what we can do for you. Seconds to go here in the first half. Young, they get the switch with Harris. A deep bomb! Oh, from way downtown! Young comes up with the loose ball. Cross court, but he turns it over! Oh, Harris! Look out! Got a two-on-one! Got the layup! And it's a three-point game again! Doesn't sound very positive. <laughs> that kind of game yesterday. And they and they had Embiid. I mean, they had him. Yeah, it was terrific at 39. Yeah. 39 points and go from there. Um... I know we got Ala Abdelnabi and then Joe Putnam. Last half hour of the show, I want to touch a little bit on name, image, and likeness. I mean, James Franklin has a plan all set to go here, but they can't implement it. Your state has to allow it. National legislation, NCAA, somebody has to say yes to it. Ay, ay, ay. Ala Abdelnabi in the next half hour brought to you today by Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury go to purdyinsurance.com auto, home, life, business the best in the business because customer service means everything at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury go to purdyinsurance.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Marcus Street and Sunbury go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home White Business. And they'll save you money. And not only that, don't forget about the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament coming up on August 4th to benefit the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. All right. Very pleased to have with us Ala Abdelnabi, color analyst for the Sixers on TV. Uh, first of all, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me, Steve. Appreciate it. Hey, let, let's start with this um, before we get to the Sixers. A lot of people who have played for Mike Krzyzewski have talked about the impact he had on their lives. What kind of impact did Coach K have on your life? 
Oh, man. I don't know if we have enough time in the show for all of the impacts. I can tell you um, that he helped me grow up. He helped me achieve my goals. Um, there are still things that he taught me um, back then, heck, 30-something years ago, that I still carry with me every day. So it's hard to just kind of narrow it down. Um, but I can tell you that, um, you know, when you're a young kid, and you're going through the process of becoming a man, that's a big deal. So whoever's guiding you through that process is important. And um, he was amazing through that. And like I said, uh, when I got there, I wanted to play in the NBA. So being able to achieve that goal too um, and him helping me along the way um, it makes me definitely fond of him even more. And then one more question on that before we get to the Sixers. Every time I go through a recruiting process here at Penn State, and then I have to talk about who was signed or whatever, I said this is the most important decision day of their lives. It impacts maybe the next 20, 30 years of their life. Is it safe to say that in terms of your experience at Duke and with Coach K? No question about it, Steve. And when I look back, um, it was the best decision I've ever made. Um, and it's one that still pays off to this day. Um which is remarkable because, uh, like I said, it's been 30-plus years. Um, but, yeah, you're, out, you're absolutely right. It, it, it's a big deal, and um, I, I take a lot of pride in when I first met him back in 1984, he wasn't the Coach K that he is now, um, but I saw something in him, and it's kind of neat that I saw it a lot earlier than most of the country did and most of the world, <laughs> but I do. I take a lot of pride in seeing his these special qualities. All right, now let's get to the Sixers. What do you think of, what kind of defender, in your opinion, has Ben Simmons become? And is he the kind of defender that the Sixers need to have consistently on Trey Young because of the height advantage? Well, I think the luxury the Sixers have, and you know, I, I don't want to over. I don't want to panic here because the series is, you know, it's still early. Um, but you know, Doc is going to try um, a number of different guys on him, and I thought you saw him start off with Danny Green, and you know, I don't know if anybody at that moment covering him would have had any real impact on him. They were rolling, he was rolling. They started off really hot. At one point, was it a 17 to 0 run? They were shooting in the 70s percentage-wise in that first half for a good chunk of it. So I'm not sure you know anybody um, would have done anything to that. But that being said, I thought they wore on him as the game went on. Ben's physicality and his size, I thought his aggressiveness in that second half. The Sixers got punched in the mouth, and it took them a half to bounce back. The problem is they dug themselves such a big hole that, um, you know, they almost got out of it, but it was just too much to overcome in one half. And I think they'll be ready. Um, the, the promising signs, if there is a silver lining, is that I think that's as good as Atlanta's going to play, um, especially in that first half. And the 76ers had nine turnovers in that first that quarter and really didn't do much defensively. Um, and yet at the end, when it was all said and done, they were still very much in the ball game. So I expect the Sixers to come out and be the aggressor and not the reactor in game two. And I think things change. In fact, I want to get to the second half because in order to get back in the game like they did and to make it really competitive down the stretch, you have to do a lot of things right. What did they do right in the second half that you think are building blocks 
for the rest, for not just game two, but the rest of the way through. Well, I think it's, it's you build on what I just said in that you're the aggressor. They're reacting to you. The 76ers were chasing every hawk in that first half, and you can't play that way because they're really good. And if you allow them um, to be the aggressor and play, um, you know, attacking and carefree, which is what it looked like in the first half, that, that you play to their strengths. And I thought the 76ers took that away for the most part in the second half. They blew up their pick and rolls. They just gave them different looks. And I thought Atlanta had at times got knocked back on their heels. And I thought that's when you saw the real 76ers. That has to be from the tap um, in game two because Atlanta's too good to give them possessions, give them a partial, a part of a period. Um, you've got to dominate them for four quarters. Trey Young's too good. All right, so now let's get to uh, Joel Embiid. He had 39 yesterday. What did you think about him and the matchup he has inside? Oh, I had no issues with him. He was tremendous. And then we're talking about going up against a guy like Capella, who's been playing probably his best basketball of his career coming into this series. So um, I thought Joel was Joel. Uh, I didn't really have any issues with the offense in the second half. The first half, he didn't run as much. He didn't get as, as many easy buckets. I thought in the first half, the Hawks got open looks while the Sixers, their shots were all contested. Um, and I thought that made a big difference. That had something to do with the shooting percentage. It's also something to do with the 76ers, I think, reacting and, and allowing the Hawks to play their game. And in the second half, you saw them interrupting whatever the Hawks were trying to do. And I think that's the way they got to go. Yeah, I thought Cabello did a great job in Julius Randle in the next He was series. excellent. He was excellent. Yeah, I, physical. Yeah, very physical. Um, you've been through this before. Everybody talks about adjustments between games. So when you've been on the winning side, coaches know adjustments have to be made. How tough is it to convince the winning side they need to make adjustments? How easy is it to convince the losing side they have to make adjustments since you've lived it? Well, I think it's definitely easier if you're, you're addressing the losing side. Because I think when you're the losing side, you're looking for answers. You're searching for something to get you over the hump. But that being said, good groups um, can also be very receptive on the winning side. It depends on the group. Um, if it's a satisfied group, then I think they'll you know take a deep breath like human nature is and relax a little. While I think if it's a hungry collective, you know that one win makes them hungrier. Again, I think it all depends on the personality of the group, but I definitely think Doc Rivers has their attention because, you know, that was a, I don't know if it was a shock, but I definitely think it was a small surprise in the way things turned out, and especially the way things played out in that first half. When you look, I mean, the teams have stars, obviously. Where does Tobias Harris fit in what they need to do? Because obviously Simmons does his deal. Obviously, Joel does his deal. What can Harris now mean as that third guy? Well, I think he's that medium-range guy. He's the post-up guy. He's the guy in transition. Yeah, he'll knock down an occasional three, but I think where Tobias's value really is is on the, on the move, on the dribble. Sure, he'll post up if there's a mismatch in size, but it, to me, it's that little one-two dribble explosion, getting to the elbow, knocking that jumper down or at the foul line extended. You know, that's where his money is, and I think that's where he's needed. 
the 76ers at times were kind of one-dimensional with Joel at times yesterday, and I, I think Tobias needs to add even more of a dimension. The other guy, I love this guy defensively in college, Thibel. You watch him now all season long. What makes him such a good fundamental defender? Because when I watched him in college, I thought, this guy gets it. It's, I think it's it's instinct. You know, it, it's it's his anticipation. To be a good defender, you have to anticipate what's about to happen and then intercept what's about to happen, whether it's a pass or a dribble. And so that means you have to have an IQ for the game. You have to have an understanding of the game to be able to predict what's about to happen and then put yourself in the middle of it because that's what we see him do. So when you look at him, what I see is a guy who's got a really high basketball IQ. And for a guy new to this level, that's pretty remarkable because I know basketball is basketball, but it is played differently at this level. And for him in a short period of time to grasp that end, which let's face it, if you look at a guy like Tyrese Maxey, who has all the physical skills and speed uh, on top of it, you know, he's come a long way defensively, but he wasn't a good defender when he first put on the uniform at the beginning of the year. Doc will tell you that his numbers defensively have gotten better. That's why you're seeing him in the lineup because Doc trusts him on the defensive end of the floor. Matisse had that from day one, and that's what makes it remarkable. And it's only becoming more enhanced the more he goes out there and plays. So I can't wait to see this guy play. Um, He's just fun to watch because, like Doc likes to say about Ben Simmons, he swallows up guys at times. I have to ask the fact that there are fans now back, and the vast majority of them, by the way, actually are behaving themselves. Based on You wouldn't know it by the headlines, but almost all of them are behaving themselves. What What does it mean to the players just to have that presence? Oh, gosh, it's huge. I mean, I, I can only imagine, because it didn't happen when I played, but if you took away the fans, you take away that performance side of it. These guys are performers. I know they're competitors first and they're teammates, but you take away that all you have basically are closed practices. So to have mm-hmm. the fans back, to have that energy to feed off of, me as a broadcaster, just having them sitting among oh. us when – we used to be alone in that arena, just us and the ball players. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's how it's supposed to be, um, and I think it plays into the Sixers' advantage, too, because there is no place like the Wells Fargo Center. I've seen every arena in, in the league, and there just isn't a place like it when it's rocking. Yeah, I, 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 you know, whether it's a 15,000-seat arena, yeah, I'm looking around going, what the heck? You know, doing college games, doing Penn State games. And then I did a football game at Michigan. I had 111,000 empty seats in front of me. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Can this yeah, be so real? Cavernous, I would imagine. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's unreal. All right, so you get to, get to game two. I know you've touched on a few of these things. Adjustment-wise, if the you know the Sixers make the adjustments that are needed, which ones would they be that will show up in Game Two? Continue to give Trey Young a, a myriad of looks. You can't give him a steady diet of something. I wouldn't be surprised if 
you see Ben on him more because of him being so vocal about it. But I don't know if Doc is going to be married. It depends. If Ben goes on him and locks him down, then I would imagine you're going to continue with that. But I think the idea of giving him several looks, um, different guys, different lengths, different abilities, I think that will also keep him guessing. If you can just get him to stop playing instinctively for a split second, you have an advantage. Um, But when he's free-flowing along with that quickness and his handle, he's almost impossible to stop. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you've got to play with energy. You can't be the reactor. You have to be the initiator and have Atlanta be reacting to you for most of the evening. And I think then things will go the Sixers' way. Absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Great stuff. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate you having on. Looking forward to talking to you soon. Anytime. Abdelnabi. Great to have him on the show today. Breaking down the Sixers and the Hawks. Trey Young was phenomenal in his brief time at Oklahoma. Came into the league, and I remember what they engineered that deal. Whereas I think the, the Hawks, I want to say, drafted Doncic, and then then they dealt him for Young. You want to talk about working out for both teams? But again, here's the this you here's the state of the NBA though. Okay, I'm reading the bottom last night. Doncic NBA. What opening round? I don't know. Whatever mark, average thirty-five points a game. I'm like, okay, that's great. Guess what? Dallas didn't win. The Clippers did. You can't keep throwing out stats for the, for the guys that lose. Okay, what swung it the other way? Sixers played much better second half. Do you feel better now, Matt? I mean, oh yeah, I even did. I mean, do you want us to bring? Do you want us to bring Susan Waldman on? We could talk about the Yankees. <laughs> you know, we should do that at some point. But I would love to have Susan Waldman yeah. on the show. Susan Waldman, talk about multi-talented. First of all, well, multi-talented. I mean, because she's a great singer. But you know what? She's done this Yankee thing now. What since two thousand five? Yeah, it's been a while. But I'm saying though, like she's a real pros pro. So I'd love to have Susan Waldman on sometime. Well, yeah, I I felt good as as good after a loss as a, after a playoff loss as you can be considering how well they played in the second half. They have all the momentum now. They've made some of their adjustments defensively. I'm sure there's going to be more. And I, I I agree with Allah. I think things change. I still think the Sixers can win this series in six, and I think they win tomorrow night. I mean, let's give him credit though. I mean, I mean, Capella's a good player, rim protector. Uh, you know how much I like Kevin Herter when he was at Maryland. I mean, I like Kevin Herter a lot. And I think when they picked up Lou Williams, it gave them another shooter on the floor. He had a lot of big shots yesterday. And Bogdanovich, too, is lights out. Bogdanovich is really good. They got some, the Hawks have some balance. And it's just good to see you take, taking losing well. I mean, yeah, I, I knew this was going to be a deep series, and I didn't realize this yesterday. They, the Atlanta has nine guys averaging in double figures. That's nothing to sneeze at at all. They're, they're a sneaky, very good five seed. You know, just I'm 
I'm just telling you. But yeah, so this is the mo this is the best I felt see, after a playoff yeah. loss for any of my teams. I'll say that. I mean, how'd you feel each of the three nights after the baseball? Um, disgusted, but not surprised. Particularly disgusted after last night because you had bad defense once again cost you, and then of course you had the egregious third strike call on Odor in the bottom of the eighth. But then again, if you don't, if you play, if you actually like play good defense and call a fly a fly ball like you're supposed to, then you want to you want to put yourself in that spot and still win the game. Last night was most frustrating, but the whole series was bad, and the Yankees are, have a lot of soul searching to do. So make sure you're okay. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I, th I, th I thought at some point maybe how I am would rub off on you, but it just doesn't. <laughs> it baby I, steps. I'm feeling good after the Sixers loss, so let's let's start right. from there. I mean, I just kind of roll with it. <laughs> That's kind of roll with it. You do. Yeah. Used to drive the suit notes. Oh, I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> How can you not? I don't care if Will Power wins the race. What the heck do I care? It didn't change my life. <laughs> I hate the show. Uh, I mean, why do you think Dave Ritchie calls up? as often as he does. Right? The first time he gets to talk on the radio all year. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK brought to you by Purdy Insurance. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. It was just spectacular to see. Tomorrow will be fun, folks. Again, 2.30, special start time tomorrow, live tomorrow. Jack, look forward to sharing it once again with you, the final round here on CBS. Thank you, Jim. What's going on here? Somebody just gave John some news. Folks, we have no idea. It just passed along some information, and you could see just instant devastation. At least it had nothing to do with his wife and his newborn baby. Okay, uh, it had to do with him, of course, testing positive. He had just he had just received the first regimen of the vaccine, 
a couple of days before the tournament. But it's, So he's not fully vaccinated yet. Look, there are rules in the PGA Tour, which was the first one back, enacted rules. And look, if he had been in 10th place, nobody would have said anything. Uh, you know, he would have been out, but it wouldn't have been a story. But because he's in front by six shots, wow. Wow. 